Okay, welcome to episode two of the Brock Wilson Show. And uh, today we have a special guest, my wife, Michelle. She's going to help me out with the questions and uh, go through them just to see if they uh, if it flows, just to see how the show flows. So uh, thanks for joining. Thanks. Say, say Glad hi. to be here. So I can check your levels, thanks. I live here. I have to be here. Okay, so uh, yeah, you've got the questions. You had a little time to look at them. So let's just start from the beginning. Sure. Who would play you in a movie and why? Uh, I didn't give this one a lot of thought. Um, I love Kira Knightley, but uh, she's a little young. So we'll go with somebody more classic, like Andy McDowell. Um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Andy McDowell. You have no idea who I'm talking no, about. It doesn't know. really matter. <laughs> I don't know who that Move is. on. Um, why, why her? I like her acting. Okay. She's um, Groundhog Day. Oh, Remember Groundhog yeah, Day? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Andy McDowell. All right. I know who that is. Yeah. She was in the one with John Travolta and he had wings. He was yeah, an yeah, angel. Yeah. Michael. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so, so not because you have some qualities like her or something. You just like her acting. I like her acting and the way that she's always thoughtful in her mm-hmm. shows. The way that she uh, expresses emotion. Um, the way she kind of hesitates. She's more cerebral, internal. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think I'm kind of like that too. Okay. What quote and or song best describes you or what quote most inspires you? Ooh. I didn't think about this one at all. Did you change the <laughs> questions? No. <laughs> I didn't have this one. Um, you want to skip it? Yeah, let's, let's pass on that one. I actually do. I have a quote in my journal, but it's in the other room. Uh, I'll just tell you. What about what a song? Is. Songs that inspire me? Mm, or describes you? That's kind of hard. I don't really have songs that describe me. Okay. Uh, there's a quote in my journal that I, I cut out. I don't know where I found it, but it's um, about motherhood. And it says, don't forget to be who you are. Don't just try to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Be real. Be you. And that's how you're going to be the best mom that you could possibly be. And I really like that. Cool. I like that too. Uh, tell me about your morning routine. How do you get your day started? Or how would, and I guess it could also be how would you like to get your day started? Because I know ideally I would like <laughs> to get up early. I'd like to work out. I'd like to. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk about to meditate. You. So um, I'll let you answer it however you want. Uh, I just, my routine is just get up before everybody else, get up and have some time to myself. So I feel like I'm in control of the day. The day doesn't start before I'm ready. So I need to be up before the sun. I need to be up before the kids. I need to be up before you. That's pretty much it. And sometimes I'll read. Sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I'll go to the gym. Um, sometimes I'll just sit quietly and drink my coffee. When you don't get to have your typical morning routine, does your day? do you feel like your day has a different flow to it? Yes, it's, it feels like a freight train. I, yeah. I don't like it at all. It, it's a control thing. I have to have that sense of um, starting my day calmly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't have that, it, it may not be true that things don't go right. It, it, it's probably just a mental thing, but that's what it feels like. Okay. Next one is a question uh, used by Tim Ferriss on his show, and I love this question, but recent book or books that have had an impact in your life and or books you've gifted to others? Hmm. I really like nonfiction, not because it's so great, but because good fiction is hard to find uh, today. Um, So nonfiction, I'd say John Medina, Brain Rules. 
I'm using it in my classroom at the college, and um, I have a copy here at home. Um, I like brain research. Uh, I feel like knowing more about the way that you learn, the way that you think, um, why you are the way you are. I think that helps you be more productive. Um, fiction, I like the I like the classics. I like the the old style of writing. Jane Austen and Edith Wharton and uh, Emerson. Um, people today that kind of write like that. Juno Diaz, I like him. I uh, feel like he's he's got a handle on the prose that I look for. Gifts that I would give people. I would give, I've, I've given Emma, our oldest, uh, Song of the Lark. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that one. That's just a tough one. I, I, I read and then the book becomes part of me and I don't always remember who wrote it. But I remember the characters. I remember the feel. I remember the words. McMurtry. I think everybody should read Lonesome Dove. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what is uh, a, a one recent purchase under $100 that has most improved your life? <laughs> I'm not the one who buys things. Uh, I, I didn't look at this one at all. We bought a coffee maker. You're really doing Another. a great job of helping me with these questions by not I'm reviewing awesome. them. Awesome, I'm so helpful. Um, I think I had a different version. Uh, we got a coffee maker, mm, a new coffee maker since my mom moved in with us. Mm-hmm. She likes brewed coffee, and so do I. But I like flavored, and she doesn't. So to make that easier, we got a the Hamilton Beach Flex Brew. So that's going to change our lives. <laughs> Okay, how would you describe your diet? Hmm. Are you a breakfast person? I'm a coffee person. Okay. So my diet is... Now, you and I could talk about diet. On, I know, that's go. a separate issue altogether. Um, the gone are the days of eating whatever we wanted. Um, my diet is pretty much coffee, some food, more coffee, and then food, and then more coffee. And that's all right. You want to talk about your experiment with not eating meat? Do you want to get into that? Uh, That could take us a while, but or the recent fasting thing you've been talking about. Oh yeah, intermittent fasting. Joe Rogan actually has a good episode on this that I was Mm -hmm. listening to the other day. Yeah. Um, The intermittent fasting. So on Reddit, I found a, a sub on IF intermittent fasting and. Uh, there's a lot of research behind it. I like science. I like research. I like stats. I like um, things that have been proven and tested, uh, data. And so this intermittent fasting shows, you know, that if you fast for a certain number of hours per day, a whole lot of things in your body, uh, chemically and otherwise, change for the better. And so I won't go into details because I don't have it all at the top of my head, but um, being in a state of um, hunger is a lot more beneficial to us than being in a state of fullness uh, for lots of different reasons. And so that's what I've been working on. I'm starting with a 14-10, which means that I will eat during set 10 hours of the day and then fast for 14 hours, which is just it's baby steps. So that's, uh, not, that's like not eating after a certain time yeah, at night. Right. So we're going to try and... Yeah, eat from like 6 to 5 or whatever. I don't know what the hours are. But yeah, it's a span of time that you eat and then you don't eat past that time. You can have water. We will talk about that again Yeah. after we've done it a while. I think. Yeah, we Is need that... to watch the Joe Rogan put some clips on there from that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
I guess breakfast person, you're, 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 that's coffee for you. I'm not a real breakfast, I'm not a breakfast person. I'm, yeah. I'm finding myself more of a whole foods, natural salads, fruit type person. Mm-hmm. Partly because of what I did with, you know, eliminating meat. And then partly because of the, the way that I just feel better when I don't eat too much. Okay. How have some of your lowest moments financially and or emotionally changed your behaviors and decision making today? Now, some of these questions are interesting because I'm asking you the questions and not, you know, a stranger, someone I don't know as well as you. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear your response on some of these. I think I think you'll know, you know, growing up in poverty will affect everything uh, that you do and the way that you perceive the world. Uh, There's a writer, uh, I'm saying an educational writer, Ruby Payne, and she wrote a book on um children growing up in poverty and how there are things like generational poverty where, you know, poverty just goes from one generation to the next and no one can break the cycle. And then there's the idea that you do break the cycle, like I have and my, you know, siblings and my aunts and uncles, broken the cycle of poverty, but you still live in your mind in that state. And mm-hmm. so things like spending, you know this about me. Yeah, I can't I spend. I like to save. I can't make purchases easily. I don't. I'm not frivolous. I'm not materialistic. I, I, I can't buy the higher end makeup. I can't. Uh, I can't even imagine, you know, buying high end purses and stuff like that. And that's just the sense in my mind that you always have to be careful with money just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that affects how we're raising our kids because I don't think they need a lot. You know, I didn't have a lot. You didn't have a lot, yeah. really. I mean, my my upbringing was different from yours, even though we're both Hispanic and we both came from lower middle class families. Um, I, we really suffered. We really struggled. And so when I see my kids, you know, complain about what did Easton do today? What was he upset about? He didn't get, Oh, um, we bought him some Nike, $38 Nike that was yesterday, shoes yeah. yesterday. And he was crying cause he didn't get candy. That made me so angry I know. inside. I'm like, you little <laughs> fucker. I'm like, just bought you shoes. Yeah. Like, I never had Nikes. I know. I remember we couldn't get Converse. We had to get, what was the name of the store? Mervyn's, I think. Yeah, Mervyn's. And my, they sold Panthers. Yeah. And it looked like Converse, but it had a Panther on the side, and that's what I had was Panthers. Yeah. I, <laughs> Making me so... I one time didn't tell my grandmother that I needed new shoes because she didn't have the money. And so it wasn't until she noticed one day I took my shoes off. It was winter, and my one of my toes was bleeding because my shoes were too small. And that upset her. I mean, it, she was just just furious that mm-hmm. I would keep that from her. But that that mentality of, you know, you don't want to put any more suffering on someone who's already trying to do their best. Um, the money's just not there. Uh, it sticks with you. And You were talking about how some of your family, you know, you have things have changed, the generational poverty. And now you've got, you know, you guys going to college and you got so many cousins with degrees and family members. Uh, talk about your first gen. Yeah, so... Because I think that has a lot to do with how some people are raised a certain way or experience a certain level of education and, and upbringing, and then they're able to elevate and get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, the stats are not good um, for students in college anyway. We lose 50% of all students from fall to fall. Um, and that, that's tough, but... For those that are there, um, the way that our college classifies, classifies first-gen is if neither of your parents has a four-year degree. And so 
if you're first gen in college, you're, you have no one to show you how to do anything. I mean, I did my financial aid through the mail, like a lot of us did, you know, asking for W-2s. I didn't know what the hell a W-2 was, um, making mistakes on it, having it sent back to me. I don't know how it all happened. My dad had an associate, so that helped. And when I went away to junior college, my mom was working on her bachelor. So, um, you know, that was, that was helpful. But for the most part, I was 10 hours away from home doing everything by myself. And um, that was kind of the expectation. You know, if you want to go, go. But you're going to have to do it all on your own. Um, so at the college, I have a first-gen group um, that I started. And we just try to provide support and try to encourage these students to not just seek, you know, that first degree, that associates or a certificate or a license, which are all great because, you know, our industry calls for that, um, but to, to seek those higher degrees because particularly for people who are uh, economically disadvantaged, academically disadvantaged uh, minorities, um, you know, the stats are against us. Um, you might find a lot of Hispanic females with master's degrees, but most of them are going to be in public education, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I messed up why? because I didn't even do a bio or introduce you or anything. So wh- why don't you give a brief <laughs> bio of yourself, your history? Because you're talking about college and education. I think people yeah. should know where you come from and wh- how. how. Well, you could have probably done that earlier no. like after we were done. Okay, let's do it now. Just My name is now. Michelle Gunther-Wilson, um, married to Brock Wilson. We have three kids. We live uh, in the Houston area. Uh, I teach at Sanderson College Central Campus. I teach developmental education, which is a basic reading and writing and a success class that basically teaches students how to do college. Um, my background is in public education. I was an assistant principal in Pasadena ISD and then teacher before that and a teacher's aide before that a nanny before that. So I've always dealt with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my career, I well, no, I, all of my career, I've dealt with um, economically disadvantaged students, students that come from, you know, their high population of uh, low socioeconomic status campuses. Um, and um, from the Valley, I'm from Brownsville. And went to college at Ranger, Ranger Junior College, still there. Uh, went to U of H for my bachelor's in English, uh, main campus. Go Cougs, and uh, got my master's in educational administration, uh, my principalship at uh, main campus, and now I'm working on my doctorate at UHCL. Hope to finish next year. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No problem. Uh, let's go to the next question. If you could put one law into place, what would it be? I thought about that one. I thought, yeah, maybe we had, a, you know, every one who wanted to become a parent needed a license, but then, you know, this surprises or sometimes I mean any get any kid is a gift so that didn't seem right um I'm real big on mentoring you are too you know that's something that we believe in we believe in yeah in mentoring young people and reaching out and helping so I think you know the way we have to do our taxes and the way that we have to pay our bills and we have to you know pay property taxes and income taxes and things like that I think it should be mandatory that you help a certain number of people per year mm-hmm. uh, and that you document it and you're able to show it um, even if it was because you had to, I think if, if we had to help other people, then we would see more than just the world that we live in. Right. You know, you and I have this struggle with, you know, religion mm-hmm. because we don't like the idea of people using the Bible to judge others. You know, that's just, for me, that's just a horrible thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you can't move past that mentality, you know, 
unless you engage with people that are not like you, unless you, you know, you're always looking for opportunities to help other people. And if it was mandatory, you had to do it. I think, you know, in, in incremental changes, we could, we could do some good things in the world. I like that one. That's a good one. Cool. Uh, many people, this question, actually, you helped me come up with this question. Many people describe success in the shape of an arrow, straight and to the point. How would you describe your path to success? <laughs> I'm going to mess you up on this one, too, even though I helped you with this question. Um, I think it's an arrow for mm-hmm. me because I've always felt, and I've talked to you about this, I've always felt like, like God has had this special hand of protection over me. Like, no matter what happened when I was growing up, no matter what bad things I just kept moving forward, you know, and things, things always got better. Um, you know, college and bad decisions and bad relationships and <clears throat> whatever it was, financial issues, you know, losing a good friend, losing my dad. It just seemed like no matter what, I didn't feel like I had anything pulling me down. I felt like I was protected mm-hmm. and, and I just keep rising. Um, right. uh, so I, 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 I believe in the arrow, even though... I think it's just because in my mind, that's just my mindset. I just keep well, going. We were talking about forward. that with another situation about just even when the bad news comes or the surprise to keep moving forward. Like, yeah. Because as soon as you stop, it's, I think it, it is hard to get going again. It you is. Lose the I momentum. Mean, I look at the, the issue with my writing, you know, where I haven't, you're always pushing and you're always pushing, you know, why don't you do anything with your writing? And, mm. and I don't know why. And then I let my dad's death, you know, kind of silence me completely, you know, for three years, almost four years. And, and so recently, just because of your encouragement and, you know, just been trying to focus on that and keep moving forward. So I don't know, there are, you know, peaks and valleys, but I just don't look at the peaks yeah, and the valleys. I look at the progress. Um, and that's what I want to keep going forward. Okay. What are your sleep habits? Uh, how many hours of sleep do you need or prefer? And this actually, you were talked about the Brain Rules book. You, this was a, another question we kind of were yeah. tossing back and forth. So you, you talked about the night owl, the lark, or the mm-hmm. hummingbird. So maybe you can go into, into, if you know some of the details on that from the book. Yeah, I do. Um, so I want to pick on you a little bit, though, because I, uh, I, I don't need a lot of sleep. Six mm-hmm. hours, I'm good. That's my, my standard. But I was sleeping really badly um, after you decided to buy a mattress without asking me. Um, Casper Mattress. <laughs> uh, they actually, they support and they uh, sponsor a lot of podcast shows and YouTubers. Casper. I think that's great. I mean, my mom is so currently just, sleeping and I really it. wonderfully on that Casper Mattress yeah. as we speak, right? Because she's here. I thought it was the best thing ever. It was for you. It was. And so you bought that mattress and, and it worked for you and you were so happy. And I was so not because every day I woke up and I couldn't move. I couldn't bend down. I couldn't flip my hair over in a towel. I was furious. And uh, so that, that affected my sleep a lot. And then I complained, and I don't know, how long did it take? A couple of years? Got me a sleep number bed. No, it, it was within that year. No. Yes, it was within the year. I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay. Because Easton slept with us for a long time. All right. Anyway. All right. So anyway, um, that affected my sleep patterns. Um, and the sleep number bed is nice. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, brain rolls. Uh, some people are night owls like you. When I met you, I thought the weirdest thing about you is you disappear to your studio and stay awake till two or three in the morning. Um, and I know that it 
you know, it's weird for you that I like to get up at 4.30, you know, that my natural body clock uh, tells me open my eyes at 4.30. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because those are the those are the ways that our bodies are set up. So everybody yeah. everybody has that natural tendency. And if you're someone who can do both, then according to brain rules, then you're a hummingbird because you can flip, you know, from one extreme to the other. I but used everybody to be able to stay up late and wake up early. I mean, I can, if you I have to get up, up late. I'll get up early, but I find myself now more and more like what, I guess maybe that bed is so comfortable. I just want to stay in bed. <laughs> it is. And but I just I, realized how stuffy my voice sounds. I'm yeah, okay. fighting a cold for like a week. Everybody in Houston's doing that right now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I ask my students, I tell them, you know, what I'm asking when I say, are you a, a lark or a night owl is when do you feel the most alert and productive? Mm -hmm. So you get excited at night, you know, at night, <laughs> the later it gets, you're like, Hey, let's record a podcast. What time is it right now? Uh, almost 11. Yeah. I'm, norm I'm normally asleep. Right. And this is when you are alert. This is when you want to render, you know, do video editing and render video and put it out on YouTube like you just did. And mm -hmm. you want to work on songs and stuff like that. So this is when you're most naturally alert. So this is your time. Um, for me, it's early mornings. Okay. What area of your life have you seen the most recent growth and how was this possible? Or why do you think it was possible? God, that's a tough one. Um, I guess in my professional life, I've seen a lot of growth and it's because of good people that I work with. Um, things that I've wanted to do, like start the first gen program, um, were possible because of support from, you know, my dean and um, uh, did a, a training on autism, you know, students with autism. And that was possible because of, a, you know, our wonderful uh, compliance director, Claire Ionelli. Um, I've, and Martha Robertson. So it, it's professional growth is possible because of mentoring. So that's why I'm so big on mentoring. There are a lot of people that have kind of stepped in and just lent a hand. And when I have an idea, they say, yes, run with it, you know, go with it. My boss is super supportive too. So I think in that area, I'm seeing some good things happening and I'm really satisfied. And that's, that's important um, to me. I know it's, you know, professional life may not be important to everyone, but for me, you know, my dad always said, you're going to be a career woman, Miha. And I didn't even know what that meant when I was four. But I just liked the way it sounded. He was so sure you're going to be a career woman. And it just stuck in my head. And so I just feel like um, being productive in, in my career is, is important. I don't ever want to be stagnant. I don't ever mm -hmm. want to feel like the last year um, feels like this year. You know, I don't want that repetitive feeling of going through the motions every year. I don't want to feel that way, uh, especially because, you know, the the population base that we have you know these students that we have are so different from the students that we had before and I want to keep changing as they change you think everyone should attempt to go to college you know, I always no. hear people say that college isn't for everyone but should everyone at least try it maybe I don't know I mean I think some people just like what if they, they made the first year of college free I think I think that's great because there's certainly a lot of things that you could learn but the classroom is not the only place to learn um, some people have a trade. I mean, look at the people that you watch on YouTube, blacksmiths and metal workers and, yeah. you know, carpenters and stuff. Do they need to be in a classroom? Not necessarily. So no, I don't think everybody needs to go to college. I think that's a personal choice. Um, 
and you have you know twelve plus years of public education you get you get plenty of structure and and schooling and the desire for higher learning it, it has to be internal it can't be something that someone forces upon you uh, I, I don't see it work out really well for students who are sitting in my classroom because their parents told them they had to mm-hmm. you know um, yeah. because they have to get through my classroom to get to the next level and that's hard so it has to be an internal drive I think Okay. Do you have any tech tools or gadgets that you use often? Any apps, software, and just... I would have more gadgets if you gave me some, but you're very stingy with your gadgets, so I don't have as many as you your fault for not wanting to spend money. I'm looking at all of your gadgets right now. Um, My phone. You tell me all the time I'm addicted to my phone, but I just, I find technology fascinating. I love the apps. I love uh, the capability of improving my life. With technology, mm-hmm. um, I don't. I don't really have any special gadgets. I have. What about for like in the classroom for teaching for in, in, in college? Um, um, is there anything that you find that you? We all we all try to use as much interactive stuff as we can with our students. They like. How about your this, the uh, sorry the the little graphic thing you do? Infographics. Yes. Yeah, I make infographics Can, using uh, the Canva website. I love Canva big fan. I tell them all the time. Every, every time I get an opportunity to send them an email, I do. Um, so yeah, I make infographics because people like, you know, learning, uh, small chunks of information, um, at a time and your eyes like color and numbers and chunks and things like that. So I use those a lot in the classroom. I like students to build them. Um, we use things like Kahoot where you can do group quizzes and stuff and, you know, it's projected and there's music and, the class gets really animated when we do things like that. Um, as far as technology is concerned, um, I found a really neat app uh, reading one of your Mac magazines the other day. Uh, Mind Maple. I don't know if it's pronounced Maple, but it's Maple, like the Maple Leaf of Canada. And I love Mind Maps. And so I'm using it for my dissertation to help me build up my chapters one and two because I'm going to be presenting in New Orleans in February. So we'll have to look that up and put it in the show notes. It's pretty awesome. So I love mind maps. Okay. I've seen like text to mind map is another one, but this mind map, it's, it's just super cool. You know, I'm a macro to micro person. So I need to see the big picture in order to understand the details. Mm-hmm. And so the mind mapping lets me build out my major points so that I can kind of take the, the reader through where my mind is trying to show them. Um, it needs to go, and that's possible through mind mapping. So I'm going to use that in the classroom since I'm I'm playing with it, and learning how to use it right now. But yeah, show me an app, and I'm willing to try it. I'm just I'm not as gear headed as you are, um, but I do. After watching you do the the video that you just did for Red Iris, I am more interested in videography than anything else right now. Okay. Um. What are your everyday carry, everyday carry essentials? You know, I'm kind of big on carrying a backpack or a bag everywhere I go with um, yes. certain things I like to have. So what, what's, what's in your bag? If you, you had to grab a bag and pack it and you're, you're out for the rest of the day. Um, I'm pretty basic. I need my phone and my laptop and my chargers and I'm mom. So I have everything in my purse. If I don't have it in my purse, it's in my car. Um, so just everything moms need, uh, Neosporin and wipies and tissue and stuff like that. Do you carry a knife? I do not carry a knife. I've never 
thought about carrying? I mean, I know you always have one and you've probably given me one or two over the years, but no, I, you know, my best friend, Rachel, uh, one of my best friends, Rachel gave me, um, what's that spray pepper spray? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's sitting on my desk. It's, <laughs> it hasn't made it out of the house yet. So I don't really have, you know, a, a list of things. I have to have mascara. I have to have lipstick. Those are two. Th- I guess I, that's true. I have to have lotion. Well, you so. bought a roll of duct tape today. That's always good to. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that in my car because you always have crappy duct duct tape. Brock likes to keep things forever, and uh, so when I was trying to adjust the. Elizabethan collar on our dog after she had her surgery that she needed. She's she's a big fat lab and I needed duct tape because she can tear that sucker off. She did it repeatedly. So he hands me this puny, like, I don't know, 1988 duct tape he probably got from his father's garage and um, Bella just tore that shit up. I mean, she, <laughs> it was no contest. <laughs> I tried everything I could. So speaking of yeah, duct tape, some cool gadgets, the Gorilla Tape. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like the, they make the Gorilla Glue. They make yeah. tape also. Very cool. good yeah, tape. If you ever, anyone ever needs some tape, get get a roll of that. Throw it in your glove box in your car. Awesome tape. You saw the, I told you about my brother Billy's man bag that yes, he showed me the other I, day. I want that. The 5'11 man you bag. You know I love bags. I need so. to look it up. But yeah, if, you have, if you're a man and you're looking for a bag, or if you're a man who carries a bunch of stuff and you're tired of carrying it in your pockets, you need to look at this 5'11 bag. It's like... What did he say? It's law enforcement gear, but yeah, anybody like, can order it. Like tactical kind of gear. But yeah, but it's a bag that you strap across your chest and it's behind you. And so like he's he's a game warden. So he had like his gun, his knife and his license, not his license, but his badge and, you know, cold beat carry chapstick. And I want, yeah, I want to do a 40 uh, plus year, uh, 40 plus uh, everyday carry essential bag because on YouTube people do these EDC videos of what they carry, their their camera gear and all their cool hip stuff yeah and in mine i always have to have eye drops and then now i need chapstick and then maybe some moisturizer yeah my readers so it's oh, funny crap. the stuff that i have to carry now it's it's and then you like to put your funny, wallet in my purse sad. yeah you need a bag like you need a good bag because your wallet's heavy um one of the things i get frustrated with in the day-to-day i don't remember it on the weekends i don't remember it when we're on break because things are so relaxed but in the day-to-day grind of my schedule of taking the kids to school and picking them up and taking them to piano and taking them to gymnastics and everything else, um, I want a freaking ice chest in my car. <laughs> I just, as soon as they get in the car, they're freaking starving. And it's frustrating because Easton will cry. I mean, he will literally cry. Mama, I'm hungry very badly, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the girls are starving and... They always want water, so they take mine. You know, well, you totally me could off. Like, in that vehicle. You could put I, one of the small ice chests back there. Tent and yeah, I could have all kinds of things in the back. And we need to get that Sleeping sonic ice and, machine. Yeah, that I, my sister just got. Uh, I really, I, I'd like to equip my car for my reality. My reality is, you know, the kids, they're just always hungry, and they make me miserable. It takes what twenty minutes to get home. Mm-hmm. And those are 20 minutes of misery. God forbid I have to stop at H-E-B on the way home. Someone's going to die. Um, so, yeah, it, it goes beyond just essentials that you carry uh, because you need them. It's what you need when you have little people around you, too. A jump drive on your keychain. That's another. You have, you have that, don't you? Yes. And it's come in handy so drives. many times for me. I, and, you know, that makes sense. But I'm a cloud person. Oh, yeah. I'm a cloud. I mean, I, I've. I've got my 
my uh, OneDrive through work and uh, I'm using my Dropbox a whole lot more. Um, I'm just, I'm not a flash drive person. Okay, last question. Do you have any other tips or hacks for our listeners? And this could be related to your profession or being a mom. Oh, Lord, I could not begin to tell anybody else how to be a mom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just think that's such an individual thing. I'm I'm really trying to embrace, you know, my kids seeing me as a person and not just as someone who shouts orders all the time, although I do that really well with my history Mm -hmm. of being a disciplinarian. Hacks. I don't know. Um, I'm, you know, I, I didn't like to cook when we got married. Maybe it's not that I didn't like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> your mom was so, you know, quick to tell me. Um, but I think in, if, you know, my involvement as a, I don't know, as a, as a, I call myself a kitchener because I couldn't say that I'm a cook. Um, but I, I function in the kitchen pretty well, um, to just embrace the time that you have and make things easy for you. Like one time you came in the kitchen and I was cutting open a package of meat with scissors Mm -hmm. and you're like scissors, you know? And I looked at you and I thought, dang, he's gotta be the stupidest person in the world if he hadn't thought about using scissors in the kitchen, (laughs) you know? I mean... Make it easy. I need scissors in the kitchen. You know, you can cut meat. You don't have to use a knife. You know, I've cut myself. I've burned myself. Um, but I, I really like making being in the kitchen easy mm-hmm. because it's not something that's natural that to me. That it's more enjoyable. It's not yeah. so much pressure. Yeah. So I'm always looking for ways to, to make cooking a more simple process. You mm-hmm. know, and, you know, I don't like box things and processed food and stuff like that. So... You know, it really, it can be very simple, especially if, you know, you stick to what you know. You know I know Mexican food, so I try to make that a lot, <laughs> which I know pleases you greatly. Okay, well, uh, we made it through the questions, and uh, did you want to go back to the quote? Or you, d- you answered the quote one. Did no, we? I did. I thought we skipped one for some reason. Go I back guess, and look. I guess uh, we didn't. Song, yeah, I just didn't have a song. I don't, you know, I don't, that's a tough one. And in my classroom, um, I do something called Playlist of My Life, where I have students share like their top five or ten songs that they feel just super powerfully about. And um, and I have a list, but to say that I have a song that defines me, I really yeah. don't. You know, I don't have. I'm just not like Respect or Survivor. No, none of that. I just, you know, I like I like jazz and I like horns and. I like when the band rocks out. I like guitar riffs and I like drum. I think I just like music. Mm-hmm. But to have a song that defines me, that would be tough. Okay. Well, thanks for answering the questions. This has been uh, fun. Yeah. Listening to you answer some of these that you helped actually create. Again, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, look forward to many more shows coming up for 2018. Uh, actually, for January, we've got trying to get two recorded before the end of this month. Uh, so plan on interviewing some really interesting people, uh, some business owners, some inspiring individuals, and, uh, I've got a registered nurse coming up. She's been a nurse for 14 plus years and she runs a consulting business and helps clients to live their lives with ease rather than disease. I love that line. And, um, she's seen both sides of it. She's been involved in the health and fitness industry 
And uh, looking forward to that show. We also have a meditation coach uh, who will be joining us for uh, a future show and uh, two uh, successful business owners. So again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at thebrockwilsonshow at gmail.com with any questions or comments. And uh, again, if you would like to be a guest on the show, uh, shoot me a message, thebrockwilsonshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys.